Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. And welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Well, today, before we have our wonderful guest on to speak with today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably, place your palms open on your lap. And if you're doing something like driving or gardening or cooking, you know, just use this as a deep breathing, presencing exercise. And let's just go ahead and begin to breathe together. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath and exhaling, releasing, and letting go. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. And on the exhale, just release, relax, and sink in. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes, just release and let go of what doesn't serve you. And filling your entire being, your core, your heart, your mind with pure golden gratitude. Exhale, release, relax, and let go. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude, filling your entire body, every cell of your being with golden gratitude. On the exhale, allow it to wash over you again, like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in of pure golden gratitude. On the exhale, open your eyes. Aha, now I can finally say I'm here. I'm really here. <laughs> well, I'm so excited about having this very special guest on with you today. You are in for quite a treat. Today, we're going to be talking to Lee Harris. He's the author of the new book that's coming out, Conversations with Disease, book one. And he's the author of a book he's already had out called Energy Speaks, a gifted energy intuitive and channeler. He leads a vibrant online community that reaches hundreds of thousands of people every month. His acclaimed online events, members community, the portal, and top, and top 50 spirituality podcast impact the world, are adventures into the deepest aspects of living, loving, and awakening. Lee is also an accomplished music producer and singer-songwriter whose acclaimed albums have charted as high as number one on the iTunes and Amazon New Age charts. You can visit him online at leeharrisenergy.com. Lee, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for coming on. 
I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. You know, I just, I just have to say, you know, I'm really, um, I'm so honored and blessed to know Lee personally through our really dear friend, Deborah Evans, who you've probably heard me speak about and write about often because she's our book, my book doula's partner, book doula's. And we had just a wonderful dinner um, about a month and a half ago, right, Lee? And it was so fun to meet you in person. And boy, I have to tell you all, like, if you think Lee Harris is really great online, you should just sit next to him because he just has this beautiful light and energy. You're just so uplifting. I just loved meeting you. Oh, thank you. I loved meeting you too. And that was that was such a fun night, especially when we've all got so used to being distant the last few years. It was it was even extra special to finally meet you in person. Yeah. So I am so excited to talk about your new book, um, Conversations with Disease. First of all, I want you to tell everyone who the Z's are and how is it that you started having these conversations with the Z's? Yeah, so the Z's are my guides. They're a group of 88 beings and they explain that we are a group of 88, but we then extend wider into source. So the way they explain it is they said, think of us as a consciousness library and just like we as humans are composites of all the people that we've ever met and are also composites of our own soul and have the ability to connect psychically energetically they say we're the same just because we're a, a, a group it doesn't mean we're fixed and so i met them when i was 23. i was in london so 23 years ago now i was in london on my way to my job at the time in fundraising i was doing that but i was also trying to get into music at the time uh, as a singer songwriter and one day i was on the underground subway going to work going through all of my negative thoughts and negative self-talk and from the left in came this uh voice from above my head over my left shoulder uh telling me well though that's an interesting idea but you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what so and it was it was fascinating because of course i think probably typical to most of us the first thought i had was oh is this multiple personality disorder is that right. what it is because it's it's so clear this voice and it's it is like a, a very distinctly different personality and knowledge base to me but um i did know about channeling it wasn't something that i was particularly um strongly into i was very much into personal growth uh, shamanism and, and a lot of more, if you like, grounded spiritual practices, but channeling happened to me. So I started writing to them every day. And, you know, one of the first questions was, well, if you're my guide, who are you and what's your name? And they said, well, we don't really have names the way that humans have names, but they said, we know you need names. So he said, you can call me Zachary and I am the lead spokesperson for the group. And it took me about three years to channel publicly, not just for friends, not just for the people who knew I could do it. And after a few years of channeling publicly, a couple of other group members who called themselves Zayadora and Zafariah presented themselves. So for a while, the people who would come to my seminars or listen to my work, 
They never knew which Z they were going to get, which one of the three. So they started calling them the Zs. So that name actually, they kind of got named by the people who were listening to them, not me. Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. And so when you, when you first heard that first statement in the subway, did you, did you then ask like how you should communicate with them? Did you, then they told you you should ask us questions and then, and then write, write down our answers? Is that what they said? It's interesting. I don't know if they told me to write things down, but now they talk about for any of us who are channeling. And when I say channeling, we can all speak to the voice of our soul or our higher self. So even if you don't believe in angels or guides being around you, we all have a higher voice that we can access. And they always say, if you write it down, it does two things. It lets you remember what was said, which is very important. And that was why I was doing it at the beginning. I wanted data. I wanted to be able to observe this over a period of time and see if the things that they were saying were coming true and if they were helpful and, and to kind of monitor it. But they also said it brings into reality the voice of spirit. You bring it down through your body, whether you're typing or writing with a pen. And then when you see it reflected back to you, the information goes into you in a different way. So it's like you hear it through your inner column, but then by bringing it out into the world and reading it through your eyes, where we take in so much information from the world, or perhaps if you're someone who doesn't use sight and perhaps it's, I don't know whether it's Braille or however you would do it. They say it has an impact on who we understand ourselves to be as a human. So for me, the initial reason for doing it was I wanted to check that what they were saying <laughs> was, was valid, was okay. And, and it was a combination of, they would say things to me about relationship issues I was experiencing that would always help me have more compassion for the other person, perhaps less judgment in, in and from myself toward other people. And also it would give me a different way of understanding the dynamic. So because I would consult them on things like that for years, slowly but surely it starts to have an effect on you, that you start to see, sense and intuit things in a more powerful way. So even though I've been a channeler for 23 years, I absolutely credit them with giving me a deeper sense and trust around my own intuition, which is another side of the work that I do. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think I read in your book that you, you were in your in-between incarnations. Were you part of this group of beings? Was that then they told you that yeah. between 1900, you then reincarnated in 1976, but during that in-between time, you were with them is that and then you kind of came back and you had pre-decided or they had pre-decided all pre-decided what you were going to be in this lifetime yes uh diana asked some questions in the book and i i can explain about diana in a minute yeah, but, yeah. Uh, diana is the interviewer for the book series and she asked a question where i think they used me as an example around how we connect with our guides, how we come back. But to be honest, Christine, I'd never heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that it must was, have been a big that surprise was news to, you. to me, you know, and, <laughs> and that's the interesting thing about channeling. There's always not just more to learn on a personal level, but I feel like the information that they give changes as we as a society and a consciousness evolve. 
so it's interesting. There are things they have been saying that have been consistent for 23 years, but I also feel partly because of my own evolution and then partly because of our societal evolution, there are other things that come out now that I, I guess are of a slightly higher octave or place our focus into a different place than we would have been looking 20, 25 years ago. And that's, you know, that's appropriate. That's evolution. Yeah. I mean, I think like 20, 25 years ago, I mean, they would have called you new age, you know, now, I mean, now that is, that term is no longer now this is sort of, I mean, people are so much more aware of what consciousness is and what channeling is and it's not scary to people anymore you know people used to be just like oh you know <laughs> but now people are more settled in and and the consciousness is definitely changing and growing and people are evolving we're evolving i remember when we used to just talk about the simplest concepts of thought mind consciousness um separate realities and people would be like huh yeah <laughs> what yeah <laughs> And something you you just said, which it makes so much sense, it also reminds me that the Z's for many years have been saying, we are multidimensional beings, and we have forgotten that. And when you think about it, we're all so different. So sure, in some moments, I'm channeling in other moments, I'm talking to the bank to try and figure something out that's gone wrong. And then in other moments, I'm a son. And then in other moments, I'm a sibling or a partner. And I think that's true for all of us. We all actually live in so many different compartments or boxes. So we are actually living in a multidimensional way. But if you look at the belief systems in our current consciousness and how so many of us were raised, oh, no, you can't be that and that and that. We need to put you in one box. So um, it's interesting. The channeler box was always something I... I wasn't that keen on because unfortunately it's it's one of those boxes that everyone loses their mind in, in all the other area you know they're like oh they you know suddenly there's this whole weird idea around you and the truth of channeling is we all have the capacity and the ability to do it it's just that we've forgotten and the z's say that's by design and that's by design of the programming that we've all gone through over the last 10,000 years and how our connection to spirit and our oneness with spirit didn't survive that period, but now it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of have that experience when I'm writing sometimes or when I'm when I'm so tuned into somebody on their issue or and something comes through me about them that I, I don't even know where it's coming from or how I'm seeing it so clearly. But it, it has that, I don't know that it's channeling because I've never like thought, oh, I'm channeling. But I feel like it's very spirit. It's like I'm channeling spirit, which is what you are doing too in the same way. It's just that your spirit guides have just told you and you've been able to more clearly communicate with them, you know, in a, in where you hear them a little bit stronger, I think. Like, is that what happens to us? Is like, I've been told that in my future life, that's sort of my next level is to open up, you know, like in that way to open up to the, to higher, like much, much, much more higher guidance. And so I feel like that's kind of what you're trying to really show people here on one of the, on one level, right. Is to teach them in this book that we all have access to that. And so how do you um, help people open up to that so that they can also access their own guides? 
Well, it's interesting. It took me a few years to really understand what was going on. But the more I did conferences, the more I put channeled recordings out there, and the more I just kind of tracked what was happening for people, I realized that for some people, what's very important is the words and the information that the Z's offer them, that if it resonates for them, they remember it. It's like, oh, oh, I've never heard that put that way, or this might be, for me, this might be the first moment I've heard that expressed, or maybe it's the third, but the way the Z's express it and your time, it's like you're ready for it to land and go in. But what I soon came to realize, and the Z's used to say this, they used to say our words and our information are not as important as the vibration. Yeah. And even though I think you can hear that, and you can go, okay, well, I believe it, but what does that mean? And where is the evidence? One of the most interesting things I've experienced being a channeler this long, and even recently with this book, I've done a couple of interviews about the book so far, people have an osmosis effect when they are around other channelers. So I say that not to freak anybody out, like if you've just booked to go and see Esther Hicks and now you're like, oh, I don't know if I, I was quite happy to sit there and listen to Abraham, but I don't know if I'm ready for it. It only happens to you at the speed that it's meant to and at the readiness it's meant to. And I think, Christine, what you just shared a minute ago illustrates something that I feel very strongly about. If you would have told me that I would be a channeler, I would have been quite shocked. If you would have then told me that it would happen to me overnight on the subway train in London, <laughs> I would have thought you were mad because in my perceptive belief about channelers, it's this big mystical thing and it you have to be a yoga yogi and eat right. raw food for 28 days. And you know, surely there's a whole load of things you have to do to be more perfect as a person for that to happen to you. And that's why I love telling people where it happened for me. You know, it's like the noisiest, uh, <laughs> most intense kind of shutdown place. And ever since I first heard them, they've been clear as a bell. So when I channel for groups, it definitely is something that I wouldn't want to do for many, many hours a day, because it certainly takes an amount of energy from you. But when I channel for myself, it's it's literally like a normal conversation and it's quite unmystical in a way it feels to me in many ways it feels more like home than much of what happens on our planet does so I, I guess I just want to pass that piece along that sometimes I think our biggest barrier is our idea of what it should be like and I would argue that most of us are channeling at different levels of channeling all of the time like you described you get this message for somebody and you can't tell where it came from, but perhaps they were open to it and receiving it. They trust you, you're a receiver. So that collaborative chemistry allows it to click. I always used to say back when I did readings for about 15 years, that a reading is a two way street. It's not all on the reader and it's not all on the person with the tarot cards or the psychic. It's very much a blend. In a way, you're giving someone else the keys to your car and you're going, you drive my car and I'm going to be a passenger and I'm curious to see which roads you take me on. But it's still your car and they're still your keys. And you have a lot more involved in that transaction than I think many people believe. That's so, a beautiful way to describe it. 
Yeah. So I think to answer your question a bit more fully, the one simple way I tell people to uh, explore channeling for themselves is take a piece of paper and a pen, or if you prefer to type, type, and just literally ask the question, what does my soul want to tell me today? What does my soul want to tell me today? Now, if you have a real aversion to any of that sentence, change it, make it my higher self or make it my guides, whatever you want. You just ask a question and then you write whatever sentence, sentences or paragraph come through you. You will, of course, think, well, am I making this up? And I always say, of course you are, because no act of channeling happens to us. We're not taken over like zombies. We are actually even a trance channeler has to give some permission for the thing to happen. So there is this idea of, oh, gosh, I hope I'm not involved. Well, you're going to be involved. You know, the way the Z's come through me has some of my essence in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be relatable to other humans. So don't get too worried about that. Just look back at what comes through you and ask yourself, do I normally speak like that to myself every day? Do I normally write that way to myself every day? And a lot of people just burst into tears usually at first because they're like, wow, that's so loving and so kind. And normally at the beginning of a channeling practice, don't expect lots of information about the universe. First, they will calibrate you to the frequency or you will calibrate yourself to the frequency of your higher self. And that will often have a lot more compassion and love that you're used to because compassion and love is not the dominant behavior on the planet. So therefore, it often isn't the dominant behavior in us either through learned behavior. Yeah, I, I was um, reading, you know, what those Z's say about oneness, and I was loving that so much because it was so easily relatable to everyone. You want to talk about um, what the Z's have to say about oneness? Yeah, they, they speak very much about our connectivity. So they say in their realm and on their planes of existence, they don't have the same levels of fear or conflict that we have here. However, they are always quick to caution us feeling too sorry for ourselves about being on Earth. They say, yes, there are shadows on Earth and it can be tough. We understand it can be challenging to be a human being, but they also say it's an extraordinary ride in terms of what you go through, what you get to experience. So with oneness, they talk about the thread that exists between all of us right now. So for example, you and I, Chris, could sit here and just go into our heart for a second or anyone listening and put your hand on your heart and just imagine yourself to feel that right now you are one of seven plus billion and that we are the humans who are incarnate right now. And then if you want to add in the animal kingdom, and then if you want to add in the elemental kingdom, and then if you want to add in nature and the trees and just keep going, when you really sit with that and realize we are part of this enormous network and oneness exists in that, the collaborative energy between us. So if you think about things like conflict or wars or acts of aggression or violence between people that cause suffering, you can see these as fractures in the oneness, but they don't stop the oneness from happening. They are wounds that the oneness is trying to work through and come back to. So just sit for a moment more and feel your connection to everything and realize how vast we are. 
And we are vast, not necessarily because of our individuality, but because of our connection to everything. Mm. And you can let that go when you're ready. And they expand on it in a few different ways and give different ways of seeing it. But they basically say that oneness is, is one of the highest octaves that we can experience on Earth. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. And it also feels like we're kind of making a mess of things right now. <laughs> what do the Z's have to say about all this, you know, just this trauma that the planet is going through, and particularly the US right now? You know, the US is just having so many struggles. And maybe it's because we're a very young country and we forget that. Well, one of the things they've talked about with the US is that the US is a huge power country on oh. the planet. And and I know that we, you know, we with our minds tend to look at the US and go, okay, well, politically, economically, but they're not even talking about that. They say that as a landmass and as an energy center and as a focus, the US is one of, not the only one, but one of the very important power spots on the planet in what they call the battle for consciousness. Oh. So they say that we are in an energetic war right now uh, that sometimes shows up and manifests in physical ways. They've been saying that for years. And one of the things that they will talk about is that everything that is rising to the surface right now and is chaotic and is distressing and is disturbing is bringing with it a wave of trauma healing and release of control. So it's interesting they said that because they also talk about how in the last two to three years, control has come in as a big character on the planet and a big force. And they say that the old control that used to have, shall we say, um, a hold on the consciousness of the planet is currently crumbling and shaking they do say it's a very delicate time for us because even those who might want certain systems to crumble or transform, they say it's a delicate time because the systems also are what holds us together currently and there aren't yet new replacements. So they say, don't be too gung-ho about wanting it to be fast because they say the slower this happens, the better and the less destructive. And what I, I'm kind of aware of, Chris, is I think about this for myself when I get caught in a moment of, oh God, you know, what's going on? And my 46 year old, this incarnation human self looks at the world. I go back a hundred years and I think about how worse it, it was in so many ways and also for so many different groups on the planet. We can exclude perhaps heterosexual white males, but if we look at other groups of beings on the planet and how life was for them 100 years ago, it is important also to see the evolution and the progress, even as we witness this old, heavy energy consciousness rearing its head, trying to drag everyone back down again. And they say, that's what you're in. It's very important to speak your truth, to listen from your heart to anything you're told or asked to believe and that we will find our way through it. But they've, they always said 2017 to 2024 were going to be particularly difficult years. They said that from about 2015. And, that's so, uh, that's so true. Wow. That's, isn't that just incredible? And, you know, in some ways, I mean, we have to just really understand that even everything that happens is so temporary, but everything has its, purpose and so like even this new 
you know, if you look at Roe versus Wade and how igniting that is for so many young women in this world and young men too, and young, it's going to ignite, a lot of these things are going to ignite young people to get much more involved politically, which is what we need, you know, to, to create this energy to move our world forward. So there's, there's, if I think if we just, I love what they say, don't get too gung-ho to change it too fast because, you know, it, it, that makes a lot of sense to me. I do think it's going to take quite a lot of time, but, um, but what do they say about, you know, I guess that the, the anecdote to all of this is to, for each individual that can and has the consciousness to do so, to live in the oneness as much as possible, right? Yeah. And the other piece, which I know I'm certainly, uh, I've experienced this in the last few years, and I'm sure lots of people have, to not get too locked into believing that the outside world is a force that you have no impact on, or that you have no influence on. You know, if you think about the way we've been, I would say in a lot of our media, for example, I step back and I look at our media and I'm like, wow, this really isn't good leadership. Because even if there are these alarming things happening, uh, just telling citizens, oh, this is terrible, this is alarming, rather than saying, so here's what we're doing about it, or here's what governments are doing to get together. There is a kind of, um, yeah, just a fear imprint that people are fed, which keeps people disempowered. And it, it, it keeps politics very low vibrational. For example, disease said it's a very low vibrational area. Doesn't mean there aren't some good people going in there to try and change things, but they talk about the levels of corruption and how that system needs to be revolutionized. So I, I think one of the things that they talk about is while you see so many difficult things going on around you and having many opportunities to get lost in the suffering, ask yourself, how can you be part of the solution? How can you be part of the help? And can you remember that you are alive today? They say one of the biggest amnesias that we have is that we get into this idea of our life and we plan ahead and we're all encouraged to do it. You know, you'll go to college, then you'll get married and then you'll have a baby. And there's this track that if you deviate from it, it can be very challenging for people who know and love you. And if you lean into it, if that doesn't go according to plan, that can have its own sense of shock. And they say you have forgotten that being alive is a miracle. So therefore, you tend to forget that today could be your last day, and you forget to live that way. And that's something they've been drumming into me for about 15 years. So I never use it in a way where I'm reckless, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to run up the credit card. And, you yeah. know, it's not that it's, it's, it's a very spiritual, true framing for me, where I, I understand that I shouldn't take tomorrow for granted. And when I come back to that place, very much like you today did that beautiful meditation that I also needed, because it's been a busy day, I come back to a moment of presence. And I remember, wow, this is, this is its own miracle right now. So sure, there's a lot going on in the big world and the wider world. And I might be here for much of it in the coming decades. And I don't know whether I will be, but I want to engage with it in a way that is conscious and present and to be experiencing as much connection and love as I can, whether I am the one bringing it, or whether I am the one receiving it, or whether it's just happening simultaneously. And I, I'm in agreement with that. I think that one of the most beautiful things we can all do is just, 
you know, do our best to be the, our kindest selves, you know, just being kind is just such a simple act of love and openness, whether it's to somebody, you know, or somebody you don't know, you know, just realizing that, you know, kindness is the way we, we show love being, you know, non-judgmental as much as possible. And, and just open, open to being in a conversation with anyone, you know, and um, that's, that's so beautiful. I, gosh, there's so many things I want to ask you. Um, one of the questions that was in your, like that you sent me as one of the, um, author questions was do the Z's, um, think that prayer is important is asking for help important. Is it important to invite your guides to, um, help you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are adamant that we don't ask for enough help. And they don't mean that in a disempowered way. They simply say that we tend to treat our guides and our angelic help and our celestial help a bit like we treat a human. We think, oh, well, I don't want to bother them. Or, oh, well, I asked them <laughs> for something last week. And they're like, no, it doesn't work like that. We're not, we're not in the body. So we don't have the same energy yeah. yeah it's just not the, the the body and and being a human requires these cycles of now you sleep now you rest now you output they say it's not like that for us and they say that we forget to ask so even if you're going through a tough time and you don't know how you're going to fix it one of the best things you can do is literally say aloud to the universe one day i'm really struggling with what's going on with my dad's health and the, the arguments I'm having with my boyfriend and the fact that I don't like my job and I can tell I'm in a dead end, but I don't know what to do about it. Please send me help. Please show me the way. Please bring light to this situation. Mm. The reason that's such a key is you show the universe you're willing for it to change. Yes. You might, you might be trapped in a story that you don't quite know how to untrap yourself from today but you start moving the energy towards i can tell this isn't quite right and something needs to change so universe please come in and help me so whether it's your guides or the universe that's a really important thing to do that they always encourage there's something so cathartic about saying that kind of prayer out loud too and and i i liken it to standing at the ocean's edge and casting a fishing line you know that like the question or the prayer is the fishing line and it's cast out to the ocean once it's cast out you have to you just forget about it you leave it alone and then see you know when the answer comes but i even think the act of prayer is an act of surrender it's saying to the universe i give up i don't know i don't have the answer please help me you know please just let it let it be and in that act of surrender i've always found it just invokes grace and grace comes and that's the peace. And then something happens that resolves the situation in the right time, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Well, what do the Z's have to say about dreams? Cause I know, I feel like this is this whole life, this living life is kind of like a dream. I, I wanted to just say when they were saying, don't forget how incredible it is to be alive. I was thinking, they're thinking like, this is like going to Top Gun. <laughs> like this is like living in Top Gun. Like this is so much fun. You don't yeah. have any idea. You get to experience all these great things that being human is. Yeah. And yet you get caught in your own suffering. 
instead of, you know, and we all have our moments of suffering, but we can get caught in it, right? Yeah, or we can get caught in serving the suffering of everyone else, which I think people pleasers, sensitive people, healers, you know, that's something that we all have to figure out our right relationship to. It's interesting when you were saying earlier about being kind, I so agree with everything you said. And I know that one of the things that the Z's worked on with me for many years that they now still work on with people they speak to is kindness to self. And sometimes it's more important that you're kind to yourself because you're exhausted and drained and depleted and you recognize I don't have the energy to be kind to my friend who is in need right now. The kindest thing I can do is say, I would so love to help you, but I'm exhausted. Is there anyone else, you know, could you call this friend or can I call you tomorrow? You know, be, be truthful, be honest, but also know that today is a day where you need to fill your cup back up. And they talk about, they talk about that a lot. Um, and it's interesting if if I may just sidebar for a second, I realized I would love to just frame the book uh, with the relationship with Diana, if I may. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, I did a book and this does go back to your question. I will come back to dreams, but I did a book called Energy Speaks in 2019 that was a series of topics that Deborah Evans, our dear friend, edited from the Z's over the years. and sleep was a huge one and the dream state and so actually i'll I'll finish on dreams then i'll talk about diana i'm I'm, I'm reversing my own um tangent here well that's okay because i kind of asked the question then went on a different direction too so (laughs) that's fine we're talking in the z's way and totally in circles that's what they say (laughs) they they talk in spirals and it's funny the more i've channeled them the more i have to be careful not to do that myself um so the dream state is a place where we can reset something that's going on for us on the planet that day or that week or that month but equally our soul can move us through a scenario in a dream so that we don't have to play it out on the earth plane so for example you might wake up from a dream and go oh my god i had an awful nightmare and I was worried that, you know, this person, something was awful was happening to my daughter and da, 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 da. And you wake up and you, you think that was a bad thing. But if you trust it, the reason that nightmare moved through your system is so that you could dispel some fear, so that you could play out some fear of loss, fear of abandonment, fear of grief, fear of suffering, so that you don't have to experience it on the earth plane. They say the only difference between a person who is dead and a person who is asleep is a pulse. They say that when you die, your soul comes alive again. And we literally hover above our bodies and and where our consciousness is located, leaves the body to some degree. And they say it's a place where we get rewired and reconfigured and that we can go through things that can save us time uh, from having to go through them on earth. And many people go through past life stuff and Many people have spirit dreams where they feel the other side is trying to reach them. And that's the place that they are experiencing the other side. So dreams are so potent. They are. That's beautiful. I I love that. And it it explains nightmares a lot, you know, that when you have a nightmare, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I really like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So what about when you want to wake yourself up from the nightmare? (laughs) 
Well, you know, I do that I, all the time. I'm like having a bad dream. I'm like, wake up, wake up. Don't, I don't want to see the end of that. But that's good. I, I mean, I do that too. So I think there's clearly a limit to how far we're supposed to go in those dreams. Uh, you know, the adrenaline spike has already happened and done whatever it was supposed to do. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell us about Diana and your relationship with Diana and Diana and the book. Well, I did not plan to do another channeled book, but I must say you don't really plan to do a channeled book or certainly I haven't. And my publisher had been asking me for a new book for years, but they weren't necessarily asking for a new channeled one. Um, But lo and behold, I asked my good friend and psychotherapist, Diana Edwards, if she would do a series of recordings with me for my members community, which is called The Portal. And the idea was, Every month, my members hear from the Z's and I do, you know, special things for them. So it was a way of, I thought, broadening the conversation. The Z's normally monologue for about 40 to 50 minutes. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we had a bit of back and forth? And Diana is the best kind of interviewer for them because not only is she a psychotherapist, she's a spiritual old soul who is very well read and researched. So she approaches these conversations in both a practical and an intuitive way. And she prepares things and she says she feels like she has conversations with disease before we do them. So there's just a really nice rapport and relationship. And I I think for me, the, the most powerful thing about doing it in this format is it normalizes and grounds this kind of conversation for the reader in a, in a very different way. Um, when I first presented the format, it wasn't like I heard hip, hip, hooray from everybody, but, <laughs> but, but, it, but people wanted to do it, but, you know, the publisher I went to wanted to do it and everything, but I, I think it's one of those things that perhaps in years to come, it will make more sense as we have more books out because it is going to be an ongoing conversation. But for me, there is a lovely grounding force that Diana brings, and she's very good at picking up on things they say that she wants to go back on. So she'll say, can we just circle back on this? Whereas, you know, if it were just me channeling and they're going wherever they want to go, we're not going to get that. So it's been actually a real revelation to do this kind of format. And I like the earthiness that it brings. Yeah, I really like the format. As I was reading the book, I love that there's certain pieces that are highlighted in italics that you're to pay extra attention to and Um, I love the questions and then I, I'm, you know, I really love the answers. I think the other thing that I really uh, appreciated was they said that, you know, this is as it resonates deeper with you, it it is a frequency thing. So if you're reading it, wherever frequency you are is what frequency you are, but this is going to hopefully open up everyone's frequency. So to being higher, higher frequency, lots of high frequency beings on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) lots of high so um do you have anything else that you want to share because i i want people to know let's tell them where they can find more about you lee um lee has just a huge amazing audience they're so devoted to him too he is so beloved by his community and um and understandably so and so where is the leeharrisenergy.com is the best place to find you it is. And then your book will be available on Amazon. That will be in our links. 
Yes, and also Audible. Uh, you can get the the audiobook is actually the original conversations. So for the book, we edited the text somewhat lightly, but necessarily because spoken word is so different to written word. Um, but the Audible book version is not Diana and I narrating the conversations. It's actually what happened in the room uh, as the conversations were first appearing. I love that so much. Well, Lee, thank you so much for the work that you're doing for the world. It's just been a pleasure to introduce you to my audience, and I know they're going to love you. And just want to thank you so much for all the support that you've given Deborah and I and our book doula's venture and just all the goodness that you are and that you do in the world. It's just fantastic to know you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And it's very easy to support you guys with book doulas because I think it's amazing. And I think like I told you guys a few years ago, I think it's so needed and so many more people have messages to give and so anybody who can support people doing that i think it's it's the best and i'm really grateful to do what i do and i feel privileged so thank you for having me oh look yeah looking forward to another conversation another time soon so best wishes for a successful launch on this beautiful new book and we can't wait for book two and three to come out too <laughs> thank you thank you so much thank you lee all right everyone Please enjoy this episode, share it with your family and friends, and come back again. Don't sweat the small stuff. We are living the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author and beloved teacher, Christine Carlson. Learn more about Christine's upcoming retreats, online courses, public speaking events, and more at christinecarlson.com and don'tsweat.com.